0: Because there's so many distractions how do you keep a two three-year-old on task maybe they're sleeping that's your opportunity to get something done with your five year old meanwhile your seven eight-year-old wants to go outside you know how do you and and, and somebody could be uh, working from home trying to get emails done and other parents trying. so the logistics are a nightmare and I just think whatever we can get done try to do it to your best ability
1: Hi, Conor Venny, owner of Hip Psychology and welcome to the Hip Psychology Mastering Your Craft podcast. This is our third series and is entitled Education in COVID-19 Times. Education is an area that we work heavily within, having supported over 100 schools in the last two and a half years around areas such as motivation, resilience, well-being, study skills anti-bullying, and excelling with pressure. To find out more about what we do, we can be followed on Twitter at Hip Psychology or our website www.hippsychology.com. Today's guest is Mr. Kevin McKernan. Kevin is a primary school teacher and teaches out of one of the schools whom we work closely with, St. Ronan's Muray. Kevin is someone that I have known for quite a while, having worked with him both in a professional capacity, but also in a sporting capacity. As well as being a respected teacher, Kevin is currently a Down senior footballer and was a key part of the Down team that got the All-Ireland Final in 2010. Kevin is someone whose opinion I value strongly, and I was delighted that he agreed to to come on to our podcast Within the podcast, Kevin gives real practical advice and strategies to help parents who are currently homeschooling. It's a podcast that I thoroughly enjoyed and learned a lot from myself. Within the podcast, we look at developing routines. Kevin explores a concept which I thoroughly loved, which was hidden learning and how you can make learning fun through certain challenges and fun tasks. Kevin also gives solid advice in terms of being both realistic and he covered the term which again I thought was very powerful good enough. This is a this is a podcast full of very practical pragmatic advice and one that both parents and teachers the parents teachers school staff classroom assistants the parents, school staff, and those who are involved in working with children will get tremendous value from. So I'd like to jump into our podcast now with St. Ronan's Primary School teacher, Kevin McCarney. Kevin, thanks very much for joining us.
0: Thank you. Delighted to help. Um, you know, I'm only teaching three or four years now, but uh, you know, the experience I've gained over over the past three or four years. And also in the past uh, month or so, where we've had to all quickly <laughs> learn on our feet. But listen, it's it's unprecedented times, and mm-hmm. hopefully, any of your listeners today will get a small bit of advice
1: um, or, or tips. Great, Kevin. Um, so Kevin, I suppose from your own perspective, then, like, how do you? What do you find works best in the classroom? And then, how can that? How can parents listen to that? Maybe look to to replicate that, uh, so that their kids are getting optimum learning.
0: Yeah, I sort of find it hard even uh, trying to think of how parents can replicate the classroom situation. Uh, you know, in in a household. Um, you know, the feedback I'm getting when you contacted me, I contacted a few people. Um, you know, obviously experience of school ourselves here, but. Also, uh, you know, friends and family uh, and also just people in the locality where I've been out walking and asking people how they're getting on with homeschooling. So, listen, the challenges are there. You're hearing back from people saying whereby people are still working from home as, uh, you know, business people trying to hold meetings in the background of kids being in the same household. So the challenges are there and then, you know, you're getting it uh, in terms of you know the wanting to do their best for their kids and, uh, and how schools schools and teachers can, can best uh, assist that. So I would sort of see it as a, Uh, You know, you need to look at it at sort of your own circumstances and families, whether or not uh, you have the availability of all the resources. And at the minute, I think most schools have gone with paper-based educational packs, but also tried to assist uh, with some online resources. And there's a wealth of stuff out there now in terms of um, the Joe Wicks Fitness Mm -hmm. uh, Healthy Kids, actually a company I'm involved with, uh, and our school are involved with. Um, where they they're setting up challenges, so there's a lot of people trying to do good and think it's just tapping into that. But um, I think one of the main things, and I know you've done a little bit of research around this, would be in terms of trying to create a setting or an area within within the household which is des- designated to yeah. schoolwork. Um, be it to have somewhere, a small desk, uh, you know, and even doing something like even if a, if a parent had time and trying to print off a few posters. Um, I put in uh, someone in know was thinking, you know. You could have uh, you know, the Vinnie school corner. Something <laughs> that the kids know. When I go here, I'm yeah. doing work.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm going here for 20 minutes. I'm going here for 30 minutes. And then I'm going outside. Uh, and, and, and parents trying to have that. So something small like that. Um, something that I've been using in my classroom. Um, you know, Obviously, the visual timetable. And um, works really well for for children with special needs, but it, it works well with children and, and, and teachers themselves in, in in organizing the classroom. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe you know parents could go down the line of not having it massively structured, but having guidelines of we're up in the morning, incorporate the school or the house uh, routines into the school day. So mm-hmm. let's get up, let's get the bed made, let's get uh, you know breakfast, let's get on to Joe Wicks at nine o'clock, set their stall out, let the children decide some uh, school rules. You know, let the, once the children take control of the classroom, then the school rules in the classroom, you can turn to them and say, listen, these are the rules you come up with. We are going to try to stick by them. Yeah, and you're yeah. always able to refer back to that. And that happens every year in school whereby the children decide the class rules. They're all, you know, accepted by the children. So therefore, anytime anything happens during the year, or we refer back to them, we say, look, everyone signed the contract, everyone goes by it. And then, you know, it, it's conducive to sort of a positive environment. It, it is, it, it's unpleasant at the times. And at the minute, you know, you look at the government, you look at all health services, you look at education, everybody, business, everyone's having to adapt. So, I think you know, in terms of how you try work what's best for you in the home life, mm. means that on any given day you have the flexibility to adjust yeah change what you're doing you know and and particularly when you think maybe of a, of a household with you know children aging in range, maybe from four or five. A seven-year-old, a ten-year-old, some families up into teenagers. You know that dynamic is going to change hugely within within the household. So it's, I would say, a learning curve for absolutely everybody. Uh, as you said, you know, focusing on what's important for you and your family. I think we're living in an age whereby you know we're being totally surrounded by by social media and and updates and uh, so-called fake news and whatnot. But people are able to put that perception out there that. You know, this is going brilliantly at home. Children are learning so much. And that will be the case in some areas where kids, you know, fantastic. You know, children are really focused and want to learn. And the home, the home learning isn't affecting them. Mm-hmm. But you know, even adults, I know, I'm sure yourself, you're missing the connection with schools. Mm-hmm. I know with me, you know, going into my kids every morning, particularly Monday mornings where we did a little catch up over the weekend. We had our focus for the week. Do you know, you miss that sort of yeah. chat with my colleagues. You're, you're with other adults who you're able to bounce ideas off. Brilliant. We have WhatsApp groups and different things that you can connect with, but missing that, you know, the, the connection of face to face, what the school there brings, the interactions. Like I always I would love to see a piece of research around a classroom of 30 children and one adult or two adults and how many different interactions you come yeah. across in a day. And it's, it's, it could be a simple can kind I of go to the toilet? Hands are up. I've got a question. I'm struck with this. And, and and that's not happening now. So yeah. the parents are taking that on board. It's brilliant. In our school we've got Class Dojo up and going. Um up the school there's Google Classroom, uh, Google Drive, different um forums, uh team, Microsoft Teams as well. And this is all applicable to age, which is hard to roll out immediately. Schools have the capacity to do it, but again the snags come across when you know login details or the fact that homes just don't have uh, two, three iPads. You know, you yeah. have three children, you know, looking for a space of a laptop, of an iPad, of a phone. And then looking at a phone, is, is it sort of the, connect, the right sort of format to be learning? And it's not. You know, we're trying to keep kids away from all and that. You know, it's hard to beat paper.
1: And I suppose that that can cause an increase, maybe in anxiety within parents. Do you know, all this yeah, technology, like, the three kids trying to, to get online at the one time. I, I what advice you know, would you be given to parents? Any,
0: you know, like, from, from a teacher's perspective, you know, any day you have, uh, whereby you have half an hour after school to plan, you know, that means logging on, printing. It means organizing your classroom. You know, parents are now then having to organize their home, organize their kids. And if they're wanting to do it to the best, best of their ability, they're going to take on a lot of strain of logging on at night, printing off resources, mm-hmm. seeking to assist their children, and really becoming a teacher on top of a mother, a father, Yeah. you know, a worker as well. So listen, I think it's, it, it, you know, t- t- uh, schools are giving guidelines to parents. Mm-hmm. We're not making expectations of this must be done you know why is it not handed in we're getting lovely photographs from the children of homeschool learning it's brilliant just to see the kids actually focused you know and, and at the end of the day and I think you know come September October when we're back and um, you know we get the kids back in whatever gap in learning if we can keep children learning at an appropriate sort of medium level at home they're getting something done for literacy numeracy small bit of reading and they're keeping active when we get them back in September October hopefully we'll be able to uh you know pack up the pieces
1: and you mentioned there kevin you you know like you've been having we've obviously sent out uh, quite a few well, emails to get a research for this uh, podcast and you've, you suppose you've spoke you've had a lot of conversations yourself i imagine with um parents in your own school um friends teachers what are the what are the trends that you're noticing from this this particular time in terms of positives are emerging uh, from this and then what are the challenges you're seeing
0: from what i've seen and i know uh, Culprit love it, uh, you know, t- spending time on phones, but it's actually fantastic to see some of the, the videos coming out of children out in their back garden. It brings me back to my childhood whereby, you know, I spent an amazing amount of hours with football, a wall, a roof, a bin, anything that I had. And, you know, I had a brother and a sister. It was brilliant. But, you know, I think as a child, being creative and just going out there and having fun, um, you know, obviously there's social distancing and, and isolating whereby you can't just leave now to go to other people's houses. But, you know, if you can be uh, as positive within, you know, and creative uh, around your own house and doing things like that, I'd say it's brilliant. But listen, going back to what you said about, uh, you know, talking to people and, and the positives, you know, I see, and it's picking up on a lot of uh, pieces that I've read on this, whereby we've been forced now to slow down mm. in every aspect of our life. Yeah, um, you good. know, going to school. Uh, you know, being up from half six, seven every morning, uh, getting out quickly so that you're in school for half eight. You're doing your day from nine to four. Some days push it on to half four, five o'clock when you're trying to plan and meetings, different things. Home at five, you get your dinner. You know, there could be kids going down to bed. There could be going out to coach, parents going out to coach, uh, parents going back to work, parents working away from home. And then myself, I feel a massive gap for me in, in not going to football, but I'm loving the time now. I, I don't need to be somewhere at a certain time and mm-hmm. under pressure to do that. Um, you know I've got my own kids here that I'm loving getting out the back and trying different things out with them, uh, with, with obstacle courses, setting up, letting them be creative, mm-hmm. some small things like that. And I think when you see the videos um, you know, in the locality here in Uri Shamrocks, the, the uh, feeder school to ourselves in St. Ronan's, um, you know, they've put up weekly challenges on their sixes, eights, tens, uh, knocking bottles off, bins, trying to put the ball into the bins. They've done a little collage of two or three minutes and that's just one club whereby the connections have just snowballed now yeah. but just a different way it's a virtual uh, online reality now that we're in so listen the connection still happening and um, positivities that i see is it's probably a return back to the lives of our older generations Um, you know you're seeing a whole lot more home bacon i know in our family whatsapp group people are putting in new things they're doing um, maybe not the healthiest of snacks but listen it's there's a lot of learning in it a lot of experiences for children that they can talk about and again an aspect that I'm going to talk to you about here in my research and things that I sort of find work best is children learning in a hidden way so okay. I've, I've watched something Niall Morgan has done there recently and this is just sports related but we can do it in so many other ways uh, you know, Niall Morgan was doing a skills challenge with the GA Learning Portal another fantastic resource whereby he was Doing a skills challenge off his right side and his left left side. How long it took him to do ten passes on the right, ten on the left. He kept a little uh, table of results. At the end, they found the average, found the range, found the mode. These are all numeracy areas for P sixes, P sevens. You know, you. you're doing your hidden learning is your numeracy through kicking a ball against the wall. Your stopwatch. You're working on time. Loads of different things. Another one that I set up with the GA. Uh, they asked me to talk a little bit about geography and the GA and I stalled on it going what am I going to teach here uh, and the guy left it with me for a day and actually come up with a lovely idea my cousins are now doing it, uh, we're by the geography of Ireland and we've broken it into 4 provinces and you split your page uh, in 4 uh, they're going to pick their favourite uh, team from each province so obviously they're going to have to research how many counties are in each province, pick their favourite uh, favorite county in each province look at the venue whereby they play at so say mine was Galway they played in Salt Hill the capacity mm-hmm. was 57,000 maybe my favorite player was create a little poster all of a sudden now they've learned the geography of uh, Ireland they've created their football again you know different aspects that uh, you know you can create fun environments for your child to learn at home so a simple thing like that and then probably just the last thing I was going to speak about was in this area was just the social aspect now of people having to create online quizzes, Zoom. I've spoken with my auntie now in Australia two or three times in the past week, and auntie in London, whereby she's on her own in London. Now she's able to connect with us on a Sunday evening, whereby we usually met up in granny and grandas for Sunday tea. All the family went there. There could have been 20 there on a Sunday. And now that's happening again virtually uh, through Zoom. So and I'm sure all, all families are doing that. How can they connect with grandparents who are 70, 80 years of age, and now they're becoming IT savvy and trying to get onto these, you know, online platforms whereby they're missing everybody. Uh, you know, the grandparents are missing people calling. Their weekly focus could have been, uh, you know, getting their shopping, getting their paper, and then a little bit of connection with grandkids. So that's now happening online. And hopefully the safety aspect of it all uh, would hopefully relax a little bit in the coming months that, you know, the face-to-face contact will happen.
1: I think as well, you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head there for me there as well about sort of connections. I was reading a piece of research recently there that followed people over, I think it was 800 people over 70 years or whatever. One of the key findings was that the main contributor to people's health and happiness is actually relationships and social connections. And I think I think that is one of the things we're seeing from this. And I think it's really tying strongly to what you're saying there.
0: I think the, the biggest age group i find found from, from the experience of talking to some people locally, um, you know, someone come back to me saying about you know, their teenagers mm. massively missing yeah. their social connections of competitive sport of, uh, you know, going and meeting friends and I think it is it's going to be something that's going to be hugely missed by that age group in particular because they're an age group that I have worked with in the past that I really, really enjoy working with and they get a real hard time um it's, it's, listen, it's the times we're growing, in, growing up in whereby, you know, IT and, and the recent apps and some of the stuff I'm being left behind in now. For, for one thing, I'm choosing not to have Snapchat. I'm choosing not to be on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. And I just enjoy being on it because of the, the learning that I can do from it yeah. um, and, and the help that I can give to people. But I, I just think it's going to be huge. That, and the IT, and I suppose that's something that parents need to give their, their child now is that opportunity to go on, uh, video video conferencing with friends—they're missing face to face. They're mm-hmm. missing sporting context or the the social outlet of of, of simple. It could be uh, acting or it could be dance. Different clubs that happen happening and they've they've all ceased. Mm-hmm. So I think you know things that need to be worked on when we come back to that is building upon uh, you know talking about uh, their the thoughts and feelings uh, you know about what they've missed and and how it's affected them and and, and schools obviously you know the the. the the way we can look at that, we can do those things, but there's obviously going to be a big input from parents as well in terms of it not affecting their learning.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And I suppose the backtrack slightly, Kevin. We talked around the conversations you've had from parents around the challenges. What sort of things have been have you have you seen there? And have yeah, you any tips around and, that?
0: Again, just from uh, from friends and and, and also in, in school as well, where you've met met people in the locality, maybe uh, doing a shop or out walking, and you know probably and And I can see where they're coming from, if you can imagine and, and you know the challenges of teaching if you're in a classroom of thirty thirty children um and, and you have ten fifteen children working really well on task, you've need a bit of help you know and then you've you've children there that really need your assistance, and you know, they're the children that that really flourish from having support of one to one kids there but i I really see. Um, And that's what I'm hearing back is that whatever work is being done at home, you know, it's being done one to one. So that means if you have a six, seven year old child, you know, a four or five year old, maybe a P1, a P3, a P2, a P5, you know, that the focus just isn't there. And it's amazing that in a classroom setting, 30 children can work really well. Mm -hmm. And I've seen teachers put things up uh, on social media recently whereby, you know, give me a class of 30 before they would teach two of their own or three of their own yeah. and and that, but that is so I'm telling you now when a task is given in class, you'll have children working really busy, simple things like maybe putting on a stopwatch and, 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 and giving kids a real focus. I don't know. Listen, mm. kids, kids okay. respond to different things, but what I'm hearing is what's being done is being done maybe one to one with those younger age groups. And that is totally understandable because there's so many distractions. How do you keep a two, three year old, on task, maybe they're sleeping, that's your opportunity to get something done with your five-year-old. <laughs> Meanwhile, your seven, eight-year-old wants to go outside. You know How do you, and, and, and somebody could be uh, working from home trying to get emails done and other parents trying. So the logistics are a nightmare. And I just think whatever we can get done, try to do it to your best ability. And again, as I've said, we need to take a step back and realize this is we we never you know we've recently in in, in a topic in school we were learning about World War Two and you know back then they were talking about um, you know children being sent away as evacuees and and sent away from the family home and some children will really understand the need for all of this that they have to stay at home they have to stay at, uh, in school we're talking about rationing of food now yeah, it's real life Tesco's are telling you you cannot buy a certain amount of stuff <laughs> so this is real life stuff that. Our ancestors had to go through. We've learnt about, and now we're having to put it into practice. And yeah. I do think a lot of our children, and hopefully they're taking it all on board from the messages they're being given from parents, from school. You know, I know ourselves. Our principal, you know, put out a lovely letter. A uh, principal and vice prince put out a lovely letter from them talking to the children as if they were talking to them in school and about how well they were doing and helping mum and dad at home and all those things. And mm. um, you know, you you hope uh, leads to the children learning better at home.
1: Hmm. I think it's as well as already probably the the thing I picked out of that is maybe parents having realistic expectations, you know, and relative to their own environment, depending on all that's going on. Would that be yeah. a fair enough sort of? summary? Yeah.
0: Listen, you know, within the family, you'll have you'll have two working parents. You'll have you'll have one parent that uh, you know has had to cease work altogether. You'll have someone that's trying to return emails back and forth, and um, again, someone that I'd spoken to, um, locally, whereby they were feeling really stressed about trying to get their children to work, trying to get them to do their work. And it was just, you know, that is what's being felt at the minute. And, you know, as you said, the realistic, I think I read something recently there, I don't know, it was uh, the Times or something said about understanding Mm. what is good enough at the minute. And I think good enough is surviving Mm. your your day-to-day going on uh, in terms of your children's work getting them doing a small bit that they're enjoying it and that you know at the end of the day parents are going to have to go to their own parents to shop to do different pe- uh, pieces to check in on their health and that's survival at the minute yeah. it is literally week on week jobs are being you know uh, recently an article something like maybe one in six people are going to lose jobs or have a reduction in pay or hours so it really is you know alarming what what's going to have to be dealt with and you know at the end of the day as long as jobs aren't lost and and your kids are are learning, you know you hopefully in a better position when we see this out.
1: One hundred percent, and I suppose Kevin, uh, going to maybe uh, going a bit of a, a dovetail here, but um, an area I, uh, I know you're passionate about, and we've talked around is uh, is well being of children. Like, what can parents be doing just to to support that, and maintain stability in that area?
0: Yeah, um, you know, there's probably a big link here to um, in in a sporting context, whereby we. Um, are told plenty about, you know, the importance of sleep and hydration and, um, you know, in terms of diet and exercise. And, you know, I think we're very lucky um, since since this has started that the weather has been fantastic, which means the kids should be able to be, you know, get outside and be active. Um, and I think something that I've started in my classroom was um, a little bit of research around, you know, growth mindset and, mm-hmm. and understanding, uh, you know, this is tough, but it's going to take time to get through. Um, I found that question hard, but I'm learning now and and teaching children. And and our kids loved it then uh, in my room where, whereby they understood getting something wrong was good Mm -hmm. because they were being challenged. And now all of a sudden, you know, getting one or two wrong, a child may have put a sad face where we self assess. We do a smiley face, you know, traffic light system, Mm -hmm. uh, green, amber and red. And, and, you know, telling a child getting two or three wrong out of fifteen or twenty, good job, you've done well, mm-hmm. and and let's look at what you've done wrong and let's learn, and and again, that's giving them coping mechanisms for you know the rest of their schooling, but also understanding you know getting stuff wrong is good, you learn from it, and 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 you'll not make the same mistake again, hopefully, and um, but again, then just based on on small things we've done in the classroom where we've quiet time and and a, a course that we had at the start of the year whereby they talked about. Um, talking about a happy place so if I was to say to you Cormac where where do you feel happiest mm-hmm. uh, it could be in Dundrum Beach <laughs> on a walk and this is somewhere where you know no phone you're content you know that's where you've been reared you know where you are you're happy it could be a, a beach in Spain it could be um you know walking in one point it could be kicking footballs in any where your happy place is and then you talk to the kids about well, why does that make you happy You know, I'm happy there because I'm safe. I'm happy there because I've got friends. I'm happy there because it's warm. You know, I can smile there. And maybe, you know, we talked about that in our classroom, whereby let's think of your happy place. Put your head down the table. Think of your happy place in times of anxiety or tantrums or anything, maybe in home, whereby you take that time and you sit and go, right, it's good. I can breathe. I've got all these techniques, you know, different things that I can use to talk about. So small things like that, whereby... Again, you're educating the child about you know taking time outs and 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 parents taking time out to go for a walk and you know a whole lot of stuff now around mindful walking where you go and you feel connected to where you are, you know you, you hear the sounds and you, you react to that and you you block it out then and, and focus on what's important. So small things that can be done, you can read up on at night times, try implement it, um, and, and and small things like that will lead to you know, children that are happier and and, and more content,
1: hopefully. Brilliant. Um, Kevin, look, this has been really, really insightful and I really appreciate your time. Is there anything else you can be adding there in terms of tips to parents that you feel we haven't covered? I think
0: probably just the, the importance of um, physical activity and, and and not cocooning in a house whereby, mm. you know, you, you don't get outside. You know, you know the children, and, and I know teachers, and, and, and I'm sure most parents are missing the, the routine of, uh, you know daily life and that was a fast paced life whereby you were up and you were early and you were away but I think now when you when you think about a school day for a child you know you were in at nine o'clock you had an hour and 20 minutes work whereby you could have been correct and homework and little activities before your main learning but then there was a 15-20 minute break outside you had PE incorporated into the day you had half an hour for lunch time break these are all activities that children would have had outside social inter- inter- uh, interactions with, with hundreds of kids in a playground, they're missing out on that. So I think the importance of getting them outside, being creative, parents getting outside with them, uh, you know, going out and having fun. You know, I've done more things in the past couple of weeks with my kids. We've recently went and bought a new trampoline. It's been great. Um, I've recently, and it's a funny thing, we've talked about football now, I've never owned a football, and I've had to go and get a line of footballs off the club, whereby now I'm out in the backyard doing kicks, out practicing myself which you know it's crazy to think um you know you get all your skills from training and really is it enough that you can? it's like hurling you've always got a, a ball and a, a slither and, and a hurl and i think you know i've enjoyed doing that but i think massively for for um for children over the next couple of weeks is is how you can use as much online stuff online is good you know we can you talked about competitiveness i, I know children in my class love little games around numeracy whereby uh, you know, you stood up, you played around the world with little number facts and, and times tables and um, a small game on literacy whereby um, it's a little sort of snowballing game where if I said uh, cat to you, the next animal has to end or start with the letter that ended in cat. So it had to be T tiger. for tiger. Brilliant. Ends in or I'll say a rhino. What are you <laughs> yeah, going to yeah, say yeah. after that? So it's different oh. things. What was you going to say? Ostrich. Oh, good, good man, <laughs> I good think man. we'll stop here. So yeah, so it's small things, how you can make, and again, it goes back to where I said about hidden learning opportunities. Yeah, re- like if, if parents go for a walk, they go play a simple game like that, you know, that that it leaves it, as you talked about, mastery and, and motivation for getting outside and being competitive, you know?
1: I love that hidden learning. Like, that's, I suppose, it's, it's a term I haven't heard. I just think there's so much power in it
0: yeah yeah I, I think you know i i know from past experiences um you know myself whereby you know if i was going outside and and, and now i'm taking it into the teaching uh profession you know where uh, there was a piece of research I did on on nurture where these are classrooms in socially deprived areas whereby they do their numeracy and their literacy through you know they take them back into a home setting whereby they get their breakfast in the morning and You know, we could have eight children are getting pancakes or getting their cereal, and they'll do their. So, how many children wanted rice crispies this morning? It was four, and how many children wanted pancakes? Was three. How many children wanted breakfast altogether? It was seven. Mm -hmm. So, simple things like that. But you know, going snowballing that on further down the school or further up the school, whereby you know, we take children. I'd say to do PE, we could be doing toe taps. We'll count in twos. So, Mm -hmm. I sent a couple of online videos to our club recently. Whereby they're outside, they're counting in two. So I'm counting toe-top right, two. Toe-top left, four, six, eight, yeah. ten, twelve, Up to twenty. Next, I'm counting in fives, times tables. Different things. I could be kicking a ball against the wall. Get your mum and dad to give you times tables. Two times five, ten. So as I'm kicking the ball against the wall, someone's hitting me with times tables. All Very of a sudden, good. the kid... It's a bit like football, where if you're told to go and run 100 metres and back, it's tough if you're doing it with a football... It's just not as bad because you have football in your hand, and it's sort of masking the the psychology behind it.
1: Very good, very good. Um, so Kevin, then uh, could you summarise then? I suppose any what we just talked around there, like what? Um, could you summarise any top sort of top tips for parents? Uh, yeah. Um, this you know, I,
0: again, just you know, realise that. Um, you know, and I'm the same here. It's I have two young kids, and we're trying our best here to keep it as normal. Uh, where my child's saying, uh, "Why am I not going back to nursery school?" Mm-hmm. And they're difficult conversations to have. Um, and she's saying, "When I'm when I'm going back, can I show them a new game I'm playing?" And mm. little does she know, she'll probably not be back. She'll be in the P1. And yeah. you know, I think having those discussions with your children, telling them what they need to know, not telling them that they won't be back, or um, and worrying them about, and even you know what I've tried to do in the past week or two is just not worth the use
1: watch yeah. it in mm-hmm. small
0: snippets that that you know you're getting it and getting reliable information but again just to make the learning at home as fun as possible i know in my classroom we did a, a recent uh, science week and i think kids are just amazed by surprises and i think if parents can can make home life um even the learning um as exciting as possible have a surprise some morning uh you know about what they're going to do maybe make pancakes and, and guess what? We're going to write about making pancakes after that. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, they've done something really exciting. Now we're going to go and write six sentences about it. Can you give me a nice word to describe what the pancakes look like? Mm-hmm. They look golden. Brilliant. Well done. Let's write a sentence with that. My pancakes were golden crispy when they landed, when they came on my plate. Do you know, mm-hmm. something it's simple like that and making making it um, as relaxed and enjoyable at home and get them outside and different things I've said there about the numeracy and football and it could be gymnastics and, and and counting how many times they could do forward rolls, and you know if I double that, how many do I get? You so many endless ways of, of, of incorporating their numeracy and literacy into to simple daily routines.
1: Brilliant, and I suppose for me, what I've taken away there is like a, my top three sort of learnings, um, and I have I've i new things here, which is great. Is um, the the concept of good enough? I think there's so much power in that, just realistic expectations and in terms of their learning. The idea of the, the fun creating a fun environment for learning and then uh, I love that concept of hidden learning um, so that's that for me has been uh, I think another a very
0: small thing if, if, if and it's not creating massive things for parents but it was actually a, a, um, a neighbor that had sent me a photo of, of her two kids busy at work and they had lovely little uh, you know one, uh, one to 100 square and, and she put it up on the wall at their little desk with it nearly looked like, like school, you know, mm. if a child's doing a, a 13 ad four, you know, they can move across, they can be able to see that. Do you know, if, if you had little alphabet uh, posters or a uh, number of posters up that, that you can make that, as I said, the, the snug or the corner, the, the learning corner that mm-hmm. the children know when they go there, they're learning and it means family life around that can go on whereby yeah. mum and dad can sit down do their emails or, or get a bit of washing done and they can come back and see how the work's going and, you know, listen, it's, I don't envy any of the parents that have, you know, a five, nine, 13-year-old at the minute. It's, it's mm-hmm. going to be tough and just do your best and, and hopefully uh, come September, you know, your child will be in a good position whereby they've, they've enjoyed their time off and they've good memories as well. And only until I was into teaching that I realized the power of children owning their classroom. The yeah. kids just loved being, mm-hmm. I'm, the, I'm the book collector. Mm-hmm. I, I'm giving out glues. I'm the one that's in charge of lifting the homework books. Like that job means the world to them. Yeah. They have a responsibility. And even around my own home, I'm learning seeing, you know, Catherine gives the children jobs and, and, and it means that they're, hang on myself, I'm doing this with my kids in school. It's just younger. They're two-year-old. And if she's given a job to do, she's kept busy. The four-year-old loves yeah. getting up. She's cleaning windows last week. Up she gets, does it and, and, and keeps her busy. And now all of a sudden, she's she's got a job that, that keeps the house moving, you know?
1: And it's a powerful life skill as well, them things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mm. think that's something. Actually, someone I spotted it online. Um, it was Loth GA put up something about like forty life skills that you can learn during mm. the the epidemic. Whereby, if you imagine going to university, if you were seventeen going to university, what an opportunity now to learn how to, to do a few meals and 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 you know be prepared for that different uh you know learning aspect in your life where you move on to university now. You know,
1: Seven, thanks very much for that. I appreciate your time, yeah. and I'm sure Take our listeners get you. great great value yeah. from that. A massive thank you to Kevin McKernan from St. Ronan's Primary School in Uri for joining us on the Hip Master in Your Craft podcast. Also, a big thank you to your listeners for tuning in and continuing to support us. Again, we can be followed on Twitter at Hip Psychology and our website is www.hippsychology.com. Our next guest is St. Patrick's Grammar School principal, Joe McCann. And he will be followed with Mrs. Shan Lamont, MBE, who is Principal of Melbourne Primary School. And that will conclude our education in COVID-19 theme for the Hip Psychology Master Series 3. So until next time, take care of yourself and stay safe.